Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We are here with another movie review and in this episode we're looking at Men in Black International. This is a spin-off of the Men in Black film series which is loosely based on the Malibu comic. Originally published by Malibu, then Marvel, and according to this movie, Malibu again. It didn't say Marvel anywhere. It didn't, but it did say Malibu. Not in the opening credits, but in the end credits. This fourth movie in the franchise, Men in Black International, is the first to not feature the returning characters of Agent J and K, played by Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Men in Black International is out now. If you haven't watched it yet but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Directed by F. Gary Gray, Men in Black International stars Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson and Liam Neeson, with Emma Thompson reprising her role from Men in Black 3, and also Tim Blaney reprising his role briefly as Frank the Pug uh, from the first two movies. Luke, you have the plot. Before all that, the pug in the poster is clearly wearing a suit. No, we didn't get that, did we? Never happens in the film. (laughs) I think we just see him in the opening. That's it. No more Frank the Pug. But I guess it's another continuation. But no suit. Looks silly in the poster. It's not in the film. 20 years ago, Molly Wright, played by Tessa Thompson, witnessed her parents being neuralised by agents of the Men in Black, avoiding neuralisation herself, which was fortunate. Years later, she searches out and infiltrates the MIB headquarters in New York, convincing Agent O, played by Emma Thompson, to recruit her. Molly becomes Agent M and assigned to the London branch of the organisation as a probationary agent. She meets High T, played by Liam Neeson, head of the London branch, and arranges for herself to be assigned to assist Agent H, Chris Emsworth, on his next mission. The Men in Black have always protected the Earth from the scum of the universe, but their biggest threat may be a mole in the MIB organisation. Ooh, internal espionage issues, yeah. The name allocation is really easy, isn't it? It's literally just whatever your first initial is. What happens when they have someone recruited, and but like that initial's already taken? There is only so many letters in the alphabet bound to happen. You'd have to get transferred. I mean, I mentioned Neeson's character, High T. Maybe they start adding words. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's I don't a, know. like there's a lower T. A there's low a... T, a middle T, a high T. Oh, mid T. I don't know, but I, each time I watch Men in Black, I always think that. Like, it'd be, get too confusing, like Agent J, Agent K. There's going to be many J's and K's. Well, a lot, yeah, probably, yeah. A lot of J's, at least. I'm trying to think of more K names. Anyway, not important here to talk about this movie. It is important is because it is? It, it's. It, I always think it every time I watch Men in Black, and it happened with this movie. Yeah, yeah. Here's Especially now that we know allocation. that there are multiple branches as well. Like, yeah, like Men in Black is more than just based in New York. It's all over the place. Those first three movies, only New York. You're right. Mm. And now it's all over the place. But um, you're a fan of the. The original trilogy, anyway. Oh, let's man, call that, that first one especially, like for Sounds Like Comics, we recently did a review. Love that film. Like, solid, fun, entertaining movie. Heart, it's all there. The characters, the Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, the straight man, the goofy man, you know, coming together, them two together, put that on screen in a movie, nailed it. The sequels, bit lackluster, but they did the job of, you know, at least we had Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones back. But, yeah, but they never... They never touched that first that, movie. The magic of that first film. I mean, the Men in Black song 
is incredible. Like even <laughs> now, it is such a good song. With the sequel, Will Smith did another song. Not as good. Nod your head. That's it. That's literally the song. Men in Black are coming. Nod your head. And then the third movie, no Will Smith. They brought in people. <laughs> I, I, I can't even tell you how that song goes. But no song for this one. Mm. No song. But what you described, though, Will Smith, Tom Lee Jones, that's how this movie opens. Chris Hemsworth, Liam Neeson. And then it yeah. changes, and we get something different. And we always knew this movie had to be something different. Yeah, yeah. You are before. still kind of getting a new recruit. It's still Men in Black. And, wo- yeah. and women in black. Well, uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, you know, director of the first three movies, you know, like we're getting um, F. Gary Gray this time around. Like, you think you'd get, you know, a very new sort of flavour, new sort of voice to, you know, take this franchise somewhere different. Overall, if, if you didn't know, you would think this was by the same people, the same director. It feels like... Men in Black. It feels like two and three. Whether or not that's a good thing, you decide. I kind of wanted something a little bit different. A little more different than what we got. You know, there's subtle changes to the story, the premise, but essentially, like you said, it's still Men in Black. And I guess it's a good thing they... they Yeah, they captured the same feeling and the tone. For the most part, they capture it, but something missing or someone missing from the trilogy, Rick Baker... He did all the practical effects. Oh, okay. So when you go back and you're looking at Men in Black and with the like the little alien in the head and the body is a robot, it's all animatronics. They built everything. I'm going to guess that there wasn't much of animatronics or practical effects in this movie. That's just a guess, though. It wasn't really. Behind the scenes of the, the hover motorcycle. Oh, okay. And they built that. And they're lifting up the actor's... Thompson and Hemsworth are on wires. So I like that it did have the feel, with the effects at least, of that first trilogy. But Rick Baker and the monster designs, because his whole thing when he first came onto that first movie is that he wants this to feel like a unique world where there's aliens, all these different races, just interacting. Like Originally, I think the approach to that first movie would have been, oh, that guy has like a light in his mouth or that guy's extra tall and you get told he's <laughs> an alien. Yeah. And it was Baker's involvement that made it look the way that it ended up looking in that first right, movie, okay, that first yeah, trilogy. Yeah. So that was a lot of Rick Baker and he is not. He doesn't have anything to do with this movie. I guess on that, in this one, like you just see aliens sort of all over the place. Like I mean, they go to do, but it's places. Not yeah, it's like... It's not hidden. It's like you're not really playing that game of, oh, I wonder if that human's a, or what seems to be a human, is an alien or something like that. There's none of that. I mean, they have that running gag of showing celebrities, oh, these are aliens that were watching like J.J. Abrams, uh, Elon Musk, and like various other people. Uh, I think Lady Gaga, she's... Oh, no, they did... um, um, What was it? Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande, yeah. That makes sense. Similar. (laughs) (laughs) But in previous movies, we've got Michael Jackson and various other characters. And that... First uh, trilogy, the Many Black headquarters in New York was essentially an airport. So you had people coming and going all the time. Mm. But with the London branch, it's a little bit different. It's more like, yeah, like an MI6 type place or MI5. Which one's the real one and which one's the Bond one? <laughs> MI5? MI5 is, real? is the real one? I think so. My brain's just going to a weird place. <laughs> yeah, MI5. No, or is it MI6? Let's stick with MI5. Bond is MI6. Anyway, yeah, Men in Black, Men in Black. At least we got the score. We did. Danny Elfman coming back. 
Um, I think without him, they very easily could have got someone else to do it. And again, you know, I'm talking about like them capturing uh, the tone and the feel of those movies. I think with the score, at least they, they got that. I'm curious how much it is Danny Elfman, though. Because you're right. It is Danny Elfman. Is there Elfman. another name? Yes. <gasps> Chris Bacon. Oh. Did not make that up. Wow. <laughs> that is a guy. My research that has slipped. <laughs> on, well, I noticed two names in the credits, but I got distracted by Danny Elfman. So after the movie finished, I went and looked it up. Chris Bacon, his other credits include Alpha and Omega, which is a kids' movie, Source Code, Jake Gyllenhaal, and. Romeo and Juliet, kids movie. Yeah, okay. So an assortment there, I'd say. <laughs> That's what he's mainly known for. And then he's come on board with Danny Elfman on this. I don't know how much... But Danny Elfman was, was he, like, on the project, right? It's a, well, not... Yeah, he's, he's on it. But I don't know how much it is his name being there and Chris Bacon repurposing or adding to I'm hoping, extending I'm his original was, music i mean it felt it felt right the music felt right to me so either way I'm it does guessing. it feels like many black and it sounded just like it did in 97 i mean why didn't elfman just do it himself i don't know mm, it but there's, some there's two composers there but not just the music like the the font of the the opening credits, yeah yeah identical to that first movie is that only from the first one, or is it in the second and third? It's been a while since I've seen two and three, That's but why one I'm is very much listening. in my mind. Yeah, like I watched yeah. one recently. Fair enough. And it felt like it just like, sort of like just like flying through the air. I think it was like a bug or a mosquito or yeah, bug. That's the mm. whole thing. Is I reckon it? like they could have done that a little bit longer in this movie, but I think you know it's like, very short, very um, typical modern movie. Where it's like just get get to it. But I know I was enjoying the score, so I was but like, in that first movie, you're getting Rick Baker, you're getting Danny Elfman, you're getting Marvel Comics, you're getting all of that. Yeah, those credits, obviously minus Rick Baker and minus Marvel. Like I said earlier, <laughs> yes. it's now reverted to Malibu Comics, but you get those credits at the end. It's a very quick. Opening. It's, like I said, modern modern way of viewing music. Um, do you think that, you know, obviously this being a spin-off, yet still a continuation, no reboot, so uh, good on them for that, but do you think without Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, like, are we missing something? For me, yeah, because they they made it. Like, mm. they, they are the men in black, but I like the fact that this is a continuation on... They're not rebooting or remaking. Right. Like, the so, lesser of two evils, if we're going to pick one... Sure. This movie, unfortunately, isn't tracking too well at the box office. So maybe it doesn't go beyond this international film. But because it's part four in this series, it doesn't mean we're not going to get another Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones down the line if either of them or both of them decide to come back. So I'm glad that this movie doesn't kill them, doesn't write them off. <laughs> we get that nice cameo from them when you've got the painting, the painting. of them yeah, fair, right, fighting yeah. Edgar the Bug. I love that. That was a really nice touch. I mean, it's better than uh, what they did in Independence Day with Will Smith just put his picture on the wall and say, oh, hey, he's he dead. dead. Exactly. Actually, interestingly on that, Liam Hemsworth, yeah. Chris Hemsworth's brother, That's true. obviously taken on the like a lead role in Independence Day 2. I knew what you were going to say, and that's why I said that's true before you said it. Uh. Now I will say <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but it's like the Hemsworth brothers taking the lead for Will Smith, just getting it done. What else can they do? Is there a, there's, a, there's more brothers. Well, <laughs> There is. There's. Uh, did you say Luke? Is that the one that you said? Uh, no, Liam. We, Liam. Okay, yeah. There's so, Luke. so there's Luke. So Luke he, Hemsworth. He do... That's the guy from Westworld. Yes. So maybe he can do. Oh, they're doing Bad Boys Three already. Maybe he can do like a. Maybe he can pop up in that 
LA, what's it called? <laughs> LA, I can't even remember. LA's Finest? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's been picked up for the second season. I fell off the first one. Oh, wow. I thought that was done and dusted. Let's, Let's leave Will Smith and spin off. That's Let's... it. Because this movie's about Tessa Thompson and Chris it's Hemsworth. It's got nothing to do with... It really hasn't. Jessica Alba and... What's the other actress called? I like how you pulled us back to... <laughs> you pulled us back to the bad boys. She was in 10 Things Say About You. It's not important. Let's <laughs> stick with Men in Black. The new leads then we've got... Let's do Agent H first. We open with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I was thinking this was going to... like I, As it started, I was like, wow, we're going to get the same play-by-play. Like Liam, Liam Neeson is... He's going to be like, I'm retiring, I'm done, see you later. Getting just like, ship, needs to just like that old bloke in the first movie with Tommy Lee Jones. And then, no, nah, he's actually the head of the organisation that, you know, they saved the world and it's like, woo! Well, at least we're told that anyway. Um, and then Chris Hemsworth's character is pretty much introduced to us as like a hothead, overconfident, pretty much high himself because he saved the world. A lot of the time, until we find out what's really going on with H... I didn't really like the character, which was I'm there with you. which was a struggle. I, w- yeah, I was struggling to to enjoy. I mean, I was taking it as it was. I was like, I was like, all right, I know he's gonna come good. Like, but you know, I was under the impression that it was like, you know, he is he is really cocky, but he'll learn a lesson. Come at the end of the movie, all good. Sure, you've got his so, alien friend, and he's like, he's changed. There's something different about him, and straight away, like early on, this movie opens in Paris. And you've got the scene where H chases the bad guys and then he goes back up and Neeson, High T, is waiting for him. And my thought then is that something has happened to High T. Straight away. Yeah. I've got to say it right here. I mean, this movie is essentially about is there a mole in, in MIB? Is there someone, a double agent, doing something dodgy? I mean, I spent the majority of the movie just waiting for the characters to catch up. Because it was like, yeah, yeah it's Liam Neeson. When you hear <laughs> that there's there's a mole, yeah, there is a main character that at some point was left completely alone, and then there's no resolution to that scene, we stayed with H. So yeah. we know that Hemsworth is good. Like, the movie's doing everything to make it seem like, oh, it's something to do with him, it's something to do with him, yeah, it's something... The secondary, it's, um, uh, what's his name, Agent C, played by, I think it's Rafe Spall. He's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That the guy from Jurassic World. guy in Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, and he, and that, he usually plays that kind of role. So when it turns out that he wasn't a bad guy, it was, that was a nice twist, at least. But I mean... It <laughs> was a nice reveal. The, the, the twist and the reveal is there, but you know, at the same time, the movie's doing everything to paint this guy as, like, you know... The dirty dog, the the sleaze there. Oh, he's going to double cross them. Or he's up to no good. And you're just sitting there going, it's too obvious. And this it's, is it's clearly not him. Just me. And especially when he's like, he's been sniveling and he's annoying people. And then, you know, they're getting you know, frustrated with him and the agency. Like, I don't know if I was supposed to think like, you know, C-U-N-T, you know. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that was getting that. But, you know, he's like, he's the painting of a bad brush. <laughs> and it's what? an offensive name. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> His name's probably Charles or Craig or something beginning with C. Yeah. If I, not probably. It will be. <laughs> but I was thinking the swear word. But he came good. <laughs> so you, he your didn't, mind went down He that. did not end up being a C-U-N-T. Which is a word I would never say on the podcast. <laughs> Spelling, I think, is okay. 
I, yeah, I think we can get away with that. That's fine. I'm going to stop spelling it. Though. Stop it. <laughs> stop it now. Um, but yeah, I guess that's Agent Hate in a nutshell. That's his thing, and that's half the plot, I guess. The other side is Tessa Thompson, which, um, you know, after that opening scene, we pretty much jump to... We go back in time a little bit to her past 20 years later, which incidentally is two years after the first movie, if you really want to break it down. Okay. Good. If the timeline is, you know, in, term, in in line with the real world. This is not X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can trust the Men in Black timeline. Across four movies, I have faith. But it's just interesting to think when she's looking out a bedroom window and she sees those two Men in Black agents, it's sort of like, hey, Will Smith is already recruited. Yeah, that He's is, been yeah. in, in uh, Men in Black for two years now. But have you noticed that the Men in Black, you know the cleanup crew? It was the same in, in the original trilogy. They all look the same. Mm. Or like just and then very our main, basic. Yeah, they're all like, you know, dark hair, glasses, similar build. And then we're following, you know, previously Will Smith, now Chris Hemsworth, like a very, now Tessa Thompson. Very noticeable. Like the whole thing they about Men in Black, in crowd. remove your, like, yeah. There's no trace that you ever existed. Mm. Your fingerprints, your name, and you are, you're going to wear a suit. So in theory, you're all going to look the same. Yet the three actors I've just listed do not. <laughs> Basically, they're not all they white dudes. They do not <laughs> blend into a crowd. <laughs> but it's fine. It's, what, it's, it's what's got to happen. It's a movie, yeah. That's what it is. Um, but anyway, so Tessa Dobson, uh, what's her name? Um, M. 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 Yeah. Molly. <laughs> Molly. That's the one. I was like, it's M something. Interestingly, so because her parents, she witnesses her parents get neutralised and she doesn't, and she saves that alien, and it's like on your way, you know. Like you know, she later grows on when up, there's, there's that alien and it's muscle. Did you think straight away? Well, that's the alien. She's oh yeah, it freaking looked like. I mean, it <laughs> kind of it looked like thought, Beast from X Men. My first thought was that's the alien she saved, but then I thought, but then that's making this world seem really small, and, and that's what it did. And, and then thinking maybe it it's just another member of the species, and she said something that it recognized. That would have been better. It would have been, but then it turned, he's like Molly, <laughs> which, like, which was cute. Yeah, okay. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was okay. Yeah, he's like a big stitch. Um, well, there's so many obvious reveals in this movie, but anyway, like Molly, said, just waiting for everyone to catch up. Agent M so, Thompson in this, I liked her. That is the interesting thing about her is that she actually seeked out the Men in Black. She was smart enough to find them, and then you got that. I mean, little, it took her twenty years, but sure. Yeah, but it's MIB. You're not supposed to know it exists. So I think, <laughs> and she was a kid. At the beginning of that 20 That's years. Right, so, so give us some credit. Oh, I'm ca- when she's for applying for a job of the CIA, FBI, and she's like ticking an extra box that she's drawn so like, kind of herself. Like, like, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I, I liked that. Yeah. And I like the technology they have in this because, you know, back in 97, it was impressive for then and still impressive now, if I'm honest. But the need to advance things along and technology in this franchise has done just that. Like, so when they section off an area that the men in black are investigating, and there's that, like that force field, and when you're looking outside in, everything looks fine. It's basically it's like a Doctor Strange, like the yeah. like a different dimension thing. You go inside it and you see things for how they really are, and then that train's pretty incredible. <laughs> that can get you halfway around the world. You know what? I didn't understand. You know when? Okay, so she she gets on that train, which takes her to London. She gets on it like. In New York at the headquarters. Yeah. Why does it look like a normal train to start with and then transforms? Because that's what... I mean, they don't need to do that, but visually, when you're watching a Men in Black film as the audience, but it it's make, what you want to see. It doesn't make any sense. It's not it, practical at all. It gets and, to London and it, it it looks like the jazzed up like space train thing. And why does nobody tell her? Just so you know, this is going to happen. 
she go sitting there standing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're probably under the same impression. They're like, it really shouldn't transform. So just it doesn't have to. It, no, Visually, no, no. I'm glad that it does. Like when you've got them going to that bar, and they're in the back of the cab. And it's like, it's a lift going down. That was cool. That was pretty cool. So I like little things like that. Mm. And the guy's got that like alien feet. I like it. So, <laughs> yeah, Tessa Thompson becomes an MIB agent. That's Probation fair. period. But, yeah. you know, she's going to kick some ass and, you know, be like the best agent or one of that they've ever had. Well, Agent O has faith in her. Faith in her. And that's Emma Thompson, which I thought she was in more of the movies. It turns out she's only in the Just third one. Just the third one. one. So but still connected tissue. That still is counts. that is enough. And Frank, as you mentioned, mm. but that's enough connective tissue for me. But what I did notice though is she's not wearing a standard Men in Black. Suit. It almost looked like Will Smith one at the it end of it. Did the one that I hate <laughs> from Men in Black at the end. It is a oh, like yeah. Oh. You guess, know, apparently in this movie they wanted Tessa Thompson's character to say. That Will Smith line. You know what the difference is between me and you? I make this look good. And I guess that would have been like a nod to that mm. first film, but glad they didn't use it. Because even watching Will Smith do it now, it's like, oh, it's yeah. a bit, I don't know. Actually, with that whole recruit, like the you know the recruiting training montage, I thought it went way too quick. I mean, that was probably like, let's just get on with it. But I just felt like we could have had a bit more fun yeah, with it. It, it like, does, yeah. yeah. Again, thinking back to that first movie with Will Smith, like him training was sort of some of the fun stuff, him getting his suit and all that. And it was sort of like, snap your fingers and boom, Tessa Thompson's is in a suit, week two's done and she's she's off. I know, but for memory though, and I watched it recently, but Will Smith just becomes an agent. There's no talk of him being in any sort of probation period. Yeah, I guess they did actually recruit so by, him, though. And, and the, See, it's a little bit different here. And she's not supposed to be where Will Smith is in that first film. Mm. She's not where Agent J was. She's not even a cop or anything, eh? Like she's, she's not even she supposed to be... A... A, she's not supposed to... But she's more than qualified to do any of those jobs. She chooses not to because she's chasing aliens. Right, sure. But she's supposed to be behind the desk in an office. Mm. She's not supposed to be with Agent H in the field. Yeah, because she cons her way into it, pretty much. Let's talk... Porny. You know what? I had a modest audience. Like, it wasn't a packed screening, oh, yeah. but there's quite a few people I had there. a sprinkle of people. And it? everybody laughed their asses off at Porny. He got such... In fact, he got the biggest reaction out of anyone in the whole movie from the crowd I was in. No, yeah. Certain particular lines or just, like, the character in general? like appearance Just the in... character and the lines. The whole package. I liked when he was, like... Just like the stuff with his queen, the queen dying, and then him sort of like, ah, but then like, oh, you know, there's nothing I can do, whatevs. And he's trying to kill himself, but not really, like he's all talk. And this is Kamal like Nanjiani. I think he's great anyway. Yeah, yeah. Silicon Valley, the big sick, you know, whenever I see him pop up in something, it's always good value. And for me, like, you know, for the movie, having Chris Emsworth, Tessa Thompson, they're two big names. For me, he's the big get for this film. He is brilliant in this. I think he, I think he served a good purpose, and as a, as a, like a little secondary side character that sort of is part of the, you know, the core duo, like you know, making it a like a trio. Yeah, he served his purpose, and he's got a, he's got a few good lines, like just thrown in there, reacting to Tessa Thompson and uh, Chris Hemsworth sort of bantering and you know trying to get on and stuff like that. He's there for the comic relief, but he generally saves Agent M's life. He does. He, she would have died. He saves yeah, her. Like, he has of... his big heroic moment. Well, yeah, like because he saves her from uh, Riza Stavros, who's played by Rebecca Ferguson. Oh yeah, he does. But then, but then you know he did play a part in that as well. I was talking more third act 
when Liam Neeson's character, oh, High right, T, yeah. when he reveals his monstrous self and she gets hurled into that Oh, vortex. yeah, he does. He really does save her. It, it's a full-on heroic rescue. I was thinking just that small moment where, you know, they're infiltrating that palace on that island. <laughs> no, yeah, he goes into the vortex and he's got his Batman grappling hook thing and, no, he really does save her. Hmm. But you made a very good point, though. We do need to be talking about Rebecca Ferguson. I have been a fan of hers ever since that first Mission Impossible film she did. What was it? Fallout? Or the one before that? I think it was Rogue Nation. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> and I've liked her in everything. I think she's great. Did not recognise her, though. The wig threw me. Yeah, I, like, I was like, who is she? She's very attractive. I feel like I, I know her. And then, yeah, after I was like, ah, yeah, Mission Impossible. But I generally, don't mean to be rude, thought she did seem older than Agent H. Which is not a bad thing, because normally in movies it is like the older guy and the younger actress. But I looked it up, and it turns out that... Same age. She is the same age as both Thompson and Hemsworth. Mm. And Spall. They're all the same age. All born in 83. That's so young. <laughs> it is so young, isn't it? Is younger than you? Older. No, older. Only older ju- by you. Only just. Older by you. <laughs> but they all seem so much older, though. You, you do mm-hmm. think that when you're watching people on TV and film. They always seem older than they actually are. Especially when they're trying to play high school. The other the other villains we get, um, the twins. Oh, I thought they were enough. Played by Lauren and Larry Burgess. I mean, twins. I think they're dancers, stuntmen or something or other. Right. They've got, like, electrical powers. They can tr- travel through... I don't know, like clouds of electricity. I think and... With Men in Black, they peaked with Edgar the Bug. <laughs> They've could. never come close to that since. See, with with him, he was like interesting. I mean, he was he was a bug, like he was an alien. But like, what he was doing when he was in his meat sack, essentially, was it was alien. It was like it's not human. It's just weird. And then after it was like, once well, you had that female villain in the second movie, and it's like she was just being an evil female. Yeah. Um, the third who the hell's in the third one it's the guy from flies to the concourse yeah he was with uh, the goggles and he's like yeah. and he just made noises and kind of just had big guns and stuff didn't he yeah yeah and then this cloud sparkies. these guys are here and occasionally to be menacing the eyes will glow mm. and the and they're powerful like they can you know cook a human from the inside out and liquefy the body I mean, I guess... which is not a nice way to go but just as villains having a presence in this film they're just there for the chase, yeah. aren't they? They're just they're keeping disappointing M and H on their toes, keeping them moving, uh, and they get taken out of the movie when it's time for them to go. Like when it's like, oh, we don't need these guys anymore, and they're gone. When they're fighting them in the street, when they're in London, and they keep getting all the different weapons from the car, it's like, you know, check the tailpipe, check oh the wing the mirror. mirror. That was cool. And, like yeah, so so that was fun. But them as villains, oh, they just. A, a big letdown, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I guess it all led to... It was all about the reveal that there was a mole. And like you said, we found out that it was Liam Neeson's character. Or They needed that weapon. Now, was it his character... Was it like Liam Neeson's character the whole time? Or did he get taken out and then... He got taken over because there was that moment towards the end where... Oh, it was him, wasn't it? did yeah. return. He was so like, H. Yeah, so he, w- he was still in there somewhere yeah and that was the big reveal as well that you find out that a neuralizer was used on h and that's why 
he wasn't quite who he used to be. Because there was something off, yeah. So that's where it's like, oh, so this this character that I've seen Hemsworth put on screen for like however long now during this movie that I've not really liked, it's because... He's been messed with. He's been but... me- yeah, they've played with his, his head. I mean, I like to say, like, that was something I didn't see coming. And then even when that was unfolding, you know, when they're in the elevator going up the Eiffel Tower, and he, he just kept repeating himself, and I was like... What's happening? Yeah, and I like that. And she, I was like, I wait, like is he an alien? Like, what is going on? I like that M figured it out. I just, you know, I, I really do like this franchise, and I absolutely love the concept. But I can honestly say, like, I, I don't need to see more with these characters. <laughs> yeah, and it's not Hemsworth's fault; it's the character. But when it gets to the end. I would have been more than happy if we had Thompson going back to New York and we get introduced to a new partner that may or may not have been back in for a sequel. Right. Like and just been teased up. for something else yeah. because where this movie ends, the characters we're left with, we, Hemsworth is, is going to be running the... I'm saying Hemsworth. H is going to be running <laughs> the London branch. <laughs> oh, that fits. But he's going to be running the... London branch, so he could be a background character in future movies. Like he could just like, you know, Skype or whatever and be like, "Hey, what's hey, up?" Honestly, I I like Hemsworth. I think he's funny. He does comedy. He does action. He can do it, but just wasn't feeling this character. It was weird the the ending where like, you know, like Agent O sent M back to was like, you know, you got to go back to to New York. You know, like we've got a spot for you there. Like come back, and she was like, okay, but then the final shot is her just sort of staying in London for a bit just to go on a joyride like that's it right there wasn't anything more to it it wasn't like she's like no I want to stay in London she was just having a joyride she's like I just want to they fly the vehicle up swirl around and fly into the camera (laughs) I mean that's that's what it was for yeah Yeah. and it's like well, I don't know it just felt odd felt weird and that I guess that's the movie really that's how it felt my excitement levels for going to this movie, honestly, out of five. So I was on my way to the movies, and I was I thought to myself, I'm at a one. Right now, I'm this at is a one. This out is of your five. excitement level, not your rating. This is your. Excitement. This is not my rating. This was my excitement level for watching this movie. One out of five, and I'll remind you, I absolutely love that '97 original. Mm-hmm. Big Men in Black fan. Here's a new one continuing this story. I'm not excited. Going into Dark Phoenix, I was excited for more X-Men. I wasn't expecting the best movie, but I was excited. I was optimistic. And I was just flat going into Men in Black. I gotta say, like, yeah, I wasn't keen at all as well. And then, I gotta say, when it opened, though, when I was sitting there in the chair and, you know, we got that Danny Hoffman score and the movie started... I was, Chris Bacon. Don't I was, forget, Chris and, Bacon. And, yes, we should credit him. <laughs> I was like... I kind of peaked a bit. I was like, "Hang on, all right, this might be this might be okay." It felt familiar. Yeah, I like I, I like that too. But I got to say, as the movie ticked along, Luke warm, Luke yeah. warm, Luke Hemsworth warm. Mm. Yeah, third brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's I mean, do... you could have gone Luke co-host, but yeah, sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forget sometimes. I wanted to keep it all about the Hemsworth. Name, yeah, yeah, uh, which true. is. All yeah. Hemsworth all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do our rating then. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the excitement level was a one. The movie isn't a one. Like it was good to be back in this world. It felt like a Men in Black film. It really did. But 
the when they're doing like a continuation of a franchise, you're supposed to want more when you get it and want more when it ends. Mm. And I didn't have neither of those things, but they, I really did enjoy Kamal. Like he he was really good in this, and he Give did him a way <laughs> more than I thought he was going to be. Well, he's sticking with Hemsworth. H. I really need to start saying. Hang H. on. If let's just say. I know okay. I'm interrupting your writing. You are, you are. I, if I, they I need do, more time, so I'm glad. If they do a fifth movie, like a continuation... Wait, would we follow the London branch? Or would we go back to New York? I'd like to go back to New York. But then... We could we could theorise and say if they went back to New York, potentially Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are still kicking around. So maybe they would stick with London. And maybe it's more like Tessa Thompson will message through and be like, Oh, hey, what's up? From New York. If I'm going to follow one of them, I'd yeah. want to follow Tessa um, Thompson, yeah, um, back to New York. Anyway, continue. Pawnee. Um, <laughs> cool, Steve, because Pawnee. That's, <laughs> that's not I, his felt, name. I felt left out <laughs> yeah. when he calls him Steve. Oh, that made me laugh. You know, there's some genuine uh, chuckles in here. Oh God, this is really this is really difficult. Right, pick a number. <laughs> pick a number. I'm just gonna. Oh wow, three. Okay. Three, three out of five. Yeah, look, man. I feel so defeated. Oh, no, you still (laughs) don't? No, no, yeah. Three out of five. Man, this movie, like, it's okay. Um, It's not excruciating to watch in any means. It's not like, get me out of here. The movie is okay. It's familiar territory. I feel like there's nothing really new. There's a tweak in the story and characters. It is is just watching the characters play catch-up, though, which is exhausting at times. It's fine. There's some chuckles. There's the effects. Of, I thought were okay. You know, like things. Are oh, happening. the effects are good. It's yeah. it's okay. But um, by the end of it, I was just like, what was the point? And uh, I don't think I should leave a movie feeling that way. Um, I want to come in. I'm going to say two point five out knew of it. five. I knew you were going to come in lower. It's just halfway. It's a halfway. It was. I was thinking as low as a two, but no, it's better than. It's not as bad. It's not a two. It's two point five. I mean, you're right. 2.5 is halfway, but I always think as 3 is halfway. Well, you half 5 is 2.5. So. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> but the middle number of 5 is 3. Anyway, I'm going to stick with my 3. I like seeing the Will Smith painting. The middle number is 3. <laughs> it is. Let's not get stuck on this. Back to MIB. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really confused. Because we never rate 0. Anyway, anyway. That's it. That's how we. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Wow. Um, we like to always finish up with some trivia, and we're gonna throw it back to Marvel because you know we like it. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are the eighth and ninth cast members to appear in both the Men in Black films and the Marvel Cinematic Universe projects. I'll say projects. Um, they of course played Thor and Valkyrie. Uh, we had Tommy Lee Jones played Agent K. He also played Colonel Phillips in Captain America: The First Avenger. Vincent D'Onofrio played Edgar the Bug. Also played Wilson Fisk in Daredevil. Rosaria Dawson played Laura in Men in Black. Claire Temple in the Marvel Netflix shows. Uh, Josh Brolin played the young Agent K in Men in Black Three. Um, played Thanos in Avengers. Mike Coulter played Colonel Edwards in Men in Black Three. Played Luke Cage. Uh, Michael Stolberg played Griffin in Men in Black Three. He played Nicodemus West in Doctor Strange. And Alice Eve played a young Agent O. Played Mary Walker in Iron Fist. And I bet there's more. <laughs> there's probably more links. Uh, apparently that's that's it. But oh, okay. yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a long list. 
yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Four movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get to fuel characters, and we are talking the Netflix TV shows as well. It doesn't matter, though. They so all, it all counts. They all count. Hashtag, it's all connected. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, but that's it for our review of Men in Black International. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you from the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's Due Podcast. And we also have our sister shows, Rewinding Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsviewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Aladdin and X-Men Dark Phoenix. Sounds Like Comics did an episode looking at the original Men in Black movie from 97, as well as their recent episode looking at Conan the Barbarian from 1982. And Rewind and Review went back to 1995 to review Toy Story in anticipation of the upcoming Toy Story 4. Which we also will be reviewing. Yeah, there is a lot. Um, our next That Film Studio review will actually be the Adam Sandler Netflix movie Murder Mystery. You know, Toy Story 4 will be my first Toy Story movie at the movies. I'm sp- first one ever. I'm speechless. But mate, busy month. <laughs> We're so busy this month. Uh, you've been listening to Jason and Luke. The guys from that film studio. See you soon.